welcome to your go-to Detroit Pistons podcast, The Pistons Pulse, co-hosted by me, Bryce Simon of Motor City Hoops, a former D1 Hooper and current teacher, husband, and father of three amazing kids. And I'm Omari Sanko for the second Pistons beat writer for the Detroit Free Press. And of course, we're always blessed to be joined by our producer, Wes Davenport, that you guys will hear and see if you're watching live right now or on YouTube later in the episode for the first ever live game of Sheeter Sham, where you guys can play along with us if you're watching live. This will be a lot of fun. But Omari, we got some housekeeping, man. We got a ton of reviews, ratings. We got people commenting on YouTube that is moving to Portugal. Shout out John Benson, everybody watching and listening on YouTube now. Apple, guys, we got 190 ratings. Let's get that up to 200 very soon. 250 on Spotify. Keep dropping them there. But this first rating, and we'll get to all of them. We're not going to get to all six that we have right now that we haven't got to. We will eventually. We're going to do three today, Amari. This is from the great Hortoni43 from West Michigan. I love that everybody lets us know their age now. Says, keep up the great work along with Bun and Cardigan. You guys are required listening for diehard Pistons fans. I enjoy the deep dives and the more technical analysis you guys go into with the Pistons. Keep doing what you're doing. P.S. Bryce, don't you dare besmirch the tastiness that is a Korean barbecue. That was from Mike. Bryce, I still can't believe you really got in here and tried to lie about that Korean barbecue. You know that that was a religious experience for you. It was delicious. I thought the food was good. I was upset that I had to cook my own food at this restaurant. And the bigger thing was I had no idea that's what I was getting into when we walked into said restaurant. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it goes. You can get it to your exact level. I've done this. And it was like for Vegas, it was pretty cheap too. So they, you know, so they passed some the, the, the labor onto the, <laughs> the table, but you know, it gives you a cool Instagram opportunity. So I, mean, hey. I think at the end of the day, Amari, it was, it was showing a little bit of lack of trust from me into your cooking ability and a couple of the other, some of the other people that were eating with us, I had just met. It was just, it was kind of an awkward scenario for eating supper with people you literally met five minutes ago. It wasn't awkward for me because I, I I trust my cooking ability. You know, you have to. And you knew everybody at the table. And I didn't for know everybody years. at the table too. Oh, yeah, I didn't know everybody at the, the table. But you know, like with my hands cooking the food, everybody knew that they were in in good shape, and it was a delicious meal. So that was just learning experience for everybody. Even Omari has the cooking utensils, everybody's going to be in good shape. So. All right. This is from Only Tom's. He says, these guys put in work every podcast. Thank you. I think as details, substance, and honesty, all of these reasons are why I listen to podcasts in the first place. And these fellas don't disappoint from a 50-year-old following the Pistons since Isaiah. Again, Amari, I love that ever since we talked about this, everybody lets us know what age they are. So if you're going to, if you're waiting to give us a rating and review, at the very least, give us a five-star and then just let us know where you live, where you're listening from, and your age. Yeah, we love that. It was funny. We kind of made like an offhand joke. It's probably like two months ago now. And now like 80% of the reviews since are like, I'm this age, I'm that age, I'm checking in from here, which is cool. You know, we like seeing who we're connecting with. So definitely keep that coming. And the last one here for this week, again, we'll catch up with the rest over the next couple episodes. This is from D-Sure, Best Pistons Pod. And then he said, not really close, or he or she may have said. And then longtime Pistons fan since the Grant Hill days, living in California. I don't get to talk Pistons with people often, so I supplement that need with podcasts. I've listened to darn near every episode since the K draft. Appreciate that. And listen to almost all the Pistons pod. This one is by far the most objective, interesting, and informative one out there. Love the takes, energy, and professionalism. Keep up the good work, boys. Again, guys, like we just want to shout you guys out. We appreciate this stuff so much. It truly means a lot to me, Wes, and I know Amari, it does to you as well. 
No, no, I mean, it's really gratifying, uh, whether it's at the LCA or on the road. Uh, you know, people walk up. Uh, there was a guy in Los Angeles actually last year who walked up and was like, you know, I'm in Los Angeles. Like, there's some Pistons fans in L.A., but, you know, I listen to you guys every Tuesday, and that kind of gives me my uh, Pistons conversation fixed for the week, which is awesome. I mean, you know, we don't we just sit down and talk hoops once a week. You know, we don't always think about who's listening and, and, and why and for what reasons. So, I mean, it means a lot. You know, it means a lot. That's what we're here for. And we're going to keep it coming. John Benson, again, on the YouTube comment, he says he's moving to Portugal. So safe travels with that. Hope everything runs smooth. But this episode, guys, to start, you guys submitted 27 trades to us on Twitter. We're going to get, we're at least going to shout you out. And there was a couple others that were just questions, not even trades. So we'll at least shout out everybody. We've kind of condensed it a little bit. We'll try to talk as much as we can because we are going to bring on Wes at the very end to play sheet or sham which is going to be a lot of fun for you guys that are watching live on youtube with us today so give us your thoughts in the youtube comments as we go through this let us know what you think about these trades we're going to start with what i called amari as the pj washington section and so we had three of these one from g-man run from latchy arthur and run from love my country all involved bringing pj washington to detroit so Amari, what are your thoughts on PJ Washington? And then I know you can see there on the outline as well, some of these trades. We have a Burks and Hayes for PJ Washington. We have a Bagley and Hayes for PJ Washington. And then the three-team one from Arthur is really the one that's interesting to me. Yeah, I like PJ Washington as a player. I kind of describe him as a jack of all trades, master of none, right? Like he can score inside. He's got a decent three ball, a solid rebounder. Uh, he even moves the ball, you know, somewhat well for a power forward. So I mean, if you're just looking at a, a, a deaf piece for the Pistons, I mean, I think he makes a lot of sense. You know, I don't know, you know, for the, you know, like his salary or whatnot, you know, if it would be quite worth it. But just as a player, I do think he fits Detroit. So G-Man said four for 65. And I was actually listening to a podcast the other day that we're talking about some of the guys we're going to talk about. And they said it's closer to four for 80 for PJ Washington is probably what he's going to get. And I, I don't know what I think about that. What I do think, Amari, is if you sign and trade for P.J. Washington four for 80, and you just gave Stu the contract you gave him, and then Duran's going to get the contract he gets eventually, to me, you better hope that those three guys are your big man rotation. I think it can be, but essentially you've invested the money you're going to want to invest into your front court with those three guys. I think 480 is probably a bit rich for me for that reason. Uh, you have Isaiah Stewart. We know what he brings. You have Duran who you would have to pay at some point. You know, so maybe that P.J. Washington contract ages pretty well as the you know CBA money continues to roll in and that cap goes up every year. But 480 for me still feels a little bit high. Uh, you know, he's not like the best defender. Like, he's fine. But, you know, I just got to look at his overall game. And he's a good player. Like, I'm not, you know, there's no disrespect at all. I just think for me personally, I would probably, I think 465 would be a little bit more uh, realistic for me. Uh, you know, like you, I don't think the Pistons need to make a big swing for that power forward spot right now. I think you can go into the season as is, maybe, you know, make a, a trade for somebody more established or, uh, you know, you feel good about uh, PJ. I don't know if he's quite on that tier for me. So I would have to see that price come down a little bit. Yeah. So he's averaged 16, five, two and a half and essentially two stocks on 44, 35, 73 shooting splits. He's a career 37% three point shooter on just under five attempts. 
on synergies, rated very good as a pick and roll roll man, which I thought was interesting. 69% on rolls to the rim. Stu was just 55% two years ago. He wasn't very good on catch and shoots this last season, but it was significantly worse of his career. 54% on layups in the half court. In comparison, Stu was 57%. And then the one that I kind of tried to compare a little bit, Amari, Grant Williams. He got four for 54 and the Celtics received three second round picks in return. So that kind of gave me a gauge. And so that's where I'm with you where four for 80, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, what kind of value are we getting for this? And then also, I think you're going to have to give the Hornets more than what the Celtics got. I mean, just because of where those teams are at in their rebuild, or not rebuilds, obviously the Celtics aren't rebuilding, but just where they're at with their organizations. So let me ask you about this trade, the PJ Washington and Josh Green to the Pistons, Tim Hardaway Jr. to the Hornets, and then Boyan to the Mavs. He does say you have to add picks where necessary. What do you think about that trade? I think the Hornets would want more than just that, but I mean, adding PJ Washington and Josh Green would be an interesting addition. It would be. I like. I actually like that trade for the Pistons to turn Boyan into essentially, you know, two good young guys. Uh, Josh Green really began to find his rhythm last season, and uh, we just talked about PJ. Uh, both of those guys feel needs for this team. Uh, like, I like that trade. You know, I think for the Hornets, uh, just to get THJ and you're giving the PJ Washington, maybe that works. I mean, if they're not committed to Washington at all, then uh, you get something for them. Uh, like, obviously, a good veteran. Uh, you know, like that that could work. And then you have the Mavs getting Boyan. And of course, he just is a plug and play, you know, vet who could provide some shooting around Luka. Uh, add picks where necessary. I, you know, I don't know if any of these teams necessarily need to include picks. Uh, maybe the Hornets get a, you know, That's a second or two yeah. for their trouble. But this doesn't strike me as a trade where, I mean, certainly none of these teams need to give up first round picks to get this done. You could, you could talk me into that. You could talk me into that. Uh, you know, especially if the shooting holds up for Josh Green, I think that that's a trade that would work for Detroit. Yeah, no, that's what's interesting there is now you're not getting Boyan just for one guy. You're getting two. I do think the Hornets would probably want a little bit more in that scenario, mm -hmm. whether it's some second round picks, whatever it may be. Before we move on to the next section, just shout out to Sharon Dalton here. Says, Shay, 57 years old. I've been a fan of the Pistons since Zeke was drafted. Bryce, I miss your player breakdowns. Hope you do during the season. I'll do some on Twitter. I, I won't be over at DBB any more. Some things have changed in life. Had some other opportunities. DBB was great to me, but just have to, you know, consolidate my time a little bit. So let's go to the Tobias Harris section. We got four of these, Amari. One from our guy, Kyle Metz, Sam Lynn, K1, and Double A. Most of these are very intricate. Um, I, I like Kyle's the best in terms of it has James Harden in there as well, but there's one that involves Dame and Harden. So we can kind of navigate this however we want. But in general, Amari, you and I have had this Tobias Harris conversation. Where are you at just with in terms of adding him? And then we can kind of look into some of the specific details of these trades. I mean, I think he would be a great fit as a, a, a four. Uh, obviously, he could really shoot the ball. He can handle it a little bit, you know, defensively. He's solid. And you can play him, I mean, at the three or four, I think, without too much issue. So just from a pure fit standpoint, I actually really love his fit with this business team. Just as another guy who go who can go get a bucket. And we saw in Philly that he's probably more suited for like that third yep. scoring role anyway, which, you know, again, you look at this Pistons roster and that kind of works just with Ivy and and Kate, obviously, and uh, can't discount the possibility of Boyan coming back and having another heater of, of a season shooting from three. So I could get I could get behind that. I mean, I like him as a player. Okay, so here's my question. 
would you, what would be your long-term play with this? Are you trying to re-sign Tobias Harris? So let's break down the contract real quick. $40 million expiring contract. And I just want to say, Tobias Harris will have made a quarter of a billion dollars playing basketball at the end of this contract. Would you look to be signing him long-term? Almost like whenever they traded for Boyan. He's 31 years old, so still has a couple good years. This guy's been really good, Amari. 16-6-2 throughout his career on 48-37-83 shooting splits. 39% on catch-and-shoot threes last year. He's 6 7 230, a little sturdier than what Boyan is. Three years younger. My guess is Boyan would go out. I think he is going out in all of these trades. So is it? bring in Tobias just for a year to hold things over? Or would you then try to extend them for some lesser money in the, what, 20 to $25 million a year range? If I could get him to sign, like, let's say a three-year, I would probably go up to $70 million and feel okay about that because that averages out to like 23.3 a year. That's probably my limit, but I think if you could lock him down for that, like compared to the market, that's probably as good as it gets. And, you know, I don't know if that's the, the you know, the, the sexiest deal, right? But I think just as far as just having just him as an asset, right? Not only is that expiring an asset, but if you can get him to return, you know, for less money than that, which I'm sure his next contract would probably be less than what he's making now. Uh, I think I think short-term and, and long-term, that would make a lot of sense for the business. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I just wonder where Tobias is at in his career. Is he willing to go to Detroit He's made enough money, right? You would assume. I, I, a quarter of a billion dollars seems like enough money. I'm not saying take a team-friendly deal like what Al Horford has done, which we'll actually talk about Al Horford a little bit later. But can you get him on, our guy Camille says, Harrison Barnes range, three for 54. I mean, if you could trade for Tobias Harris and essentially only giving up Boyan, he fits better with the roster. You have Tobias, Stu, and Duran as your core big three guys down there. Not like your big three, but your three bigs, I guess. I'm... I would, I like that. I think that's a really good group of three guys that can all play together in different ways. So let me ask you about the trade specifically from Kyle. He says, Tobias Harris to the Pistons, Harden to the Clippers. The Pistons would send out Marvin Bagley to the Wizards. The Wizards would also get Clippers. He said they needed that to make the money work. And then a bunch of stuff to the Sixers. Boyan, Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Gallo, Clippers first round pick and a pick swap. And that's where it starts to make sense for the 76ers is you get a Marcus Morris to replace him at the four. You get a bucket getter in Norman Powell. You get a bucket getter in Boyan. Maybe this would make sense from the Sixers because it's not always easy for us to do this, Amari, but we do have to try to at least look at it from the other team's side as well. So that one breaks down a little bit and makes a little bit sense to me. Obviously, James Harden, the big name, going to the Clippers in that one. I agree. I, I like that trade overall. I think I wonder if the Clippers are giving up too much. And it's James Harden. So, you know, I don't know if you're really giving up too much, if he's the player who could push you over the edge. But Boyan, Norm Powell are two really good rotation players. Yep. Giving up a first-round pick, which... You know, maybe depending on their protections or whatnot, it ends up not being that bad because they plan on still, you know, being one of the top teams in the West for at least the next two seasons. While you still have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and you know, Pistons, you get Tobias. You know, I don't, I don't really have so many issues with this trade. Honestly, I think all three teams would at least think about it. Uh, you know, the Wizards getting two second round picks and Marvin Bagley the third. You know, maybe Just they, because. you know, maybe they're like, well, you know, we don't necessarily need to eat. Uh, you know, how much is that from Bagley? Is it like $26 billion? Like, do we need to 
eat that much salary, uh, you know, just for two second round picks, you know, maybe they're like, well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense for us. But, you know, for the Clippers, if you're convinced that Harden can get you over the hump or maybe it's not even that, it's just he's the best player you can realistically trade for, uh, which could end up being the case for them. And you're only giving up a first round pick and a handful of rotation guys that, you know, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. This is a very sound trade from uh, Kyle Metz here. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, like you say, the Clippers, if they're going all in on Harden, they're probably going to overpay. You're right. Yeah. I mean, those are there's some quality role players, but it's not a ton of picks for the Clippers. It's just one first round pick and then pick yeah. swaps and some seconds. But the Sixers for Tobias, excuse me, for Harden and Tobias are getting Boyan, Norman Powell, and Marcus Morris can still play a little bit plus some future. I don't know, like cap wise, where that leaves them in terms of space. The other one I wanted to mention real quick before we move on is from Double A. So this is the Dame and Harden trade. So Harris and draft capital to the Pistons, Dame and Boyan to the Sixers. Harden to the Clippers, and then Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, Wiseman, Highland, plus draft capital to the Blazers. I will just say on that one, Amari, the Blazers better be getting a lot of draft capital in that one because I don't know if any of those other guys are really enticing to them. So it would have to be a lot of draft capital in my opinion. Yeah, and I think along with that, you know, I don't know if the Pistons, if the Pistons are getting some bias out of that, I don't know how much more draft capital there is for them to get something else. I think the Pistons, you know, probably in that deal, you just take Tobias and it's expiring. And uh, I don't think, I don't think the Pistons would need a pick to take on that salary. I mean, it's an expiring deal. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, like, I think that's totally fine. So I don't know if the Pistons need draft capital in that. The uh, Sixers, obviously, you get Dame and play on. So that's they a seem good like deal. Big, they, seem, they seem like the big winners in that trade. Uh, Harden to the Clippers again. Uh, yeah, for the Blazers to get Norm Powell, uh, Morris Jr., uh, James Wiseman, and Bones Highland, like I, just, I just don't think that's enough. I think even if you get, even if they get like four, it would have to be in the range of like four first round picks. I think for them to say, okay, like we could actually do this. I mean, Norm Powell is a good player. Uh, you have three other players who, you know, you don't like maybe they're rotation players because you're not a great team, but you don't know if those players could actually help you win in the future quite yet. So you're taking on some risk. And along with that, uh, James Wiseman enters restricted free agency in a year. So maybe you just audition them for a year and that's part of the trade. But I mean, if you're the Blazers, you probably need four first round picks to even think about that. So Norman Powell is a really good player, but I'm not sure he makes sense for the Blazers. He may actually help them win too much. Plus they have some other guys at his position, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you could find a way to get minutes, but I don't know that you want him getting minutes and helping you win. So let's continue to move along because you talked about, you know, adding a four man and you don't think it's as quite as big a deal maybe everybody does, but we got a bunch of those, Amari. So we're going to run through those right here. We're going to start off with old friend Jeremy Grant. This is from Richard Brooks. He says, can they trade for Jeremy Grant? And it's my understanding from Track that they can't trade for Jeremy Grant until December 15th. Or Jeremy Grant can't be traded till December 15th. And That's just right. so you guys know, he's going to be in the 30 plus million dollar cap hits and he's going to be entering his early 30s. So that new deal, he's in the low to mid 30s. I don't think this year, but every year after this. So Richard Brooks had Boyan or Harris plus Marvin Bagley the third for Jeremy Grant. I, I just, I'm not sure. You know, we've talked about Jeremy Grant. That contract was a little more rich than what I wanted. So that's essentially just a salary dump for Portland uh, just to get off of that contract altogether. And yeah, the Pistons playing, paying 30 billion. Could be fine. I mean, we know what Jeremy Grant brings. We know he really fits this roster well. 
Uh, I think him and, and Duran could potentially be one of the better defensive front courts in the NBA if Duran continues the trajectory he's on. So there's a lot I like there. I mean, Jeremy, I mean, he had his best season shooting the ball last year. So now you pair him with Cade and uh, Ivy, obviously a different team than the one uh, he joined three years ago. But I think he fits. And I think if the go is just to get the best power forward on the market. And obviously with Jeremy, there's just a lot less risk because you know exactly what you're getting. I think it does make sense. Like look at that $30 million as he turns 30 and maybe that gives you some pause. So it's just, to what extent do you feel, and this is my metric for any trade, right? To what extent do you feel that this is a tradable asset, right? Like let's say the rebuild is not going well, something catastrophic happened, like who knows, but let's just say the Pistons are like, okay, we need to dial back and reevaluate where we're at. Can you trade that Jeremy Grant contract for assets? If the answer is no, then you probably shouldn't do that trade. But that's, I think that's the biggest if just because these salaries have become so inflated, it becomes tough to project what fair is. I think after a certain amount of years, like I think that could be a tradable contract. Uh, 20 seemed like a lot uh, three years ago. And now we know he was probably better than that contract when it's all said and done. So 30 from that sense does not strike me as a big overpay, but I'm not confident that I could flip that for assets and it just wouldn't be another salary dump situation you're looking for in a couple of years. All right, let's do one more before we go to break. This is from Greg. He says, Alec Burks to the Clippers, Marcus Morris plus two second round picks to the Pistons. Again, we got a lot of these where just trying to fill in a guy at the four to balance the roster a little bit. This would clean up the backcourt where we've talked about they have like six guys you would somewhat feel comfortable playing or think could play. So you get rid of Alec Burks, bring in Marcus Morris and just real quick, Amari, Marcus, essentially a spot up guy with some solid catch-and-shoot three-point numbers, and he is on an expiring contract. Yeah, I think Burks had a better season last year. I don't necessarily value second-round picks super highly. So to me, you're just swapping uh, you know, a good player for a player who didn't who wasn't as good last season just for a positional reason. And I wouldn't get behind that. I mean, the Pistons aren't competing for a championship next year, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up a better asset for or a player like Burks who is coming off a really strong season, uh, you know, for Marcus Morris, who probably wouldn't play as many minutes. Uh, you get two second-round picks, and that does make it easier. Uh, maybe it's a deadline deal. You're just like, let's just get something. Uh, maybe in February, that makes more sense. But if I'm looking at this offseason, I would just keep Alec Burks. The only thing I will say about second-round picks, it's going to be real interesting. We saw the Nuggets do that this draft, Omari, is some of these teams that are going to end up in the super tax or whatever you want to call it under the new CBA, they're going to value these second-round picks because that's going to be essentially the only way they can add to their rosters, and that's what we saw the Nuggets do. They went out and took one pick, turned it into three, and because they knew they couldn't make any moves in free agency. So having extra second-round picks, maybe as a team like the Pistons, you could sell those off and you know get something in return from these contenders or the Clippers may not be willing to part with them. But we got to go to a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk Robert Covington, Otto Porter, Thaddeus Young, Christian Wood. We had a Carl Anthony Town one. We're going to get into some really fun ones, Amari, but we got to take a short break before we dive into those. Right. We are back with segment two. And I mean, it's not really surprising that we have a lot of trades here for power forwards, right? Like that's <laughs> clearly the one positional need on this roster. Uh, so we're going to dive into one here uh, from Corey Jump. And it's just a, a straight deal for two players. Uh, Marvin Bagley, the third straight up for Robert Covington. 
who was with the Clippers. And, you know, the idea there is just that he's somebody who could give you some defense. Uh, you know, he's had some good sh- season shooting the ball. And he's on a, an expiring. So, you know, financially, maybe that's better for Detroit moving forward. Yeah, 73% of his minutes last year, according to basketball reference, were at the four. So a guy that can slide in there and play that obviously can play some three as well. I I mean, I get it. I understand this, Amari, if you don't think that there's even minutes for Marvin Bagley the third to play. Now, I don't know the Clippers roster well enough to know if he makes sense for them. You know, is he going to go there and actually play some minutes for them? In in general, I don't hate this idea. I mean, we got it for a few different guys. We saw it there. The next one, this was from Pumped About Pistons. Malachi Flynn plus Porter Young, two second-round picks to the Pistons. Marvin Bagley and Hayes to the Raptors. It's the same idea, right? You get Otto Porter, you get Thaddeus Young, low money and expiring contracts. I actually really like Malachi Flynn. I don't know where the minutes would come with this team, but I would love to have him on Detroit. But it's the same idea with both of those trades of you're kind of getting veteran foremen that can come in play minutes there and they're still on expiring contracts. So how important, I guess, do you, because that really determines these, these trades make sense if you think that's a real hole. But if you Mm -hmm. think Boyan can play the four or Isaiah Livers, I don't think it's something where you just have to sell off Marvin Bagley or Killian Hayes to make it happen. I don't think so. And I think also uh, for Toronto, uh, you know, they're probably getting the worst end of that deal. Uh, Otto Porter's had injury issues, but otherwise he's probably the best player in that deal, like just from a production standpoint, and I don't, I think if he's healthy, and that's a big if, but he would fit Detroit really well. But if I'm the Raptors, am I giving up two seconds uh, plus uh, Malachi Finn plus uh, Thaddeus Young uh, just to get off of that contract? And I'm not sure if I'm quite there. You get Marvin Bagley the third and Killian Hayes back. Uh, to me, I feel like Toronto would probably just uh, continue to survey their options. But if the Pistons could do that, it. it Depends on the medicals for auto pointers. That's a big if, but you could talk me into that. We'll talk about another guy the medicals are important with a little bit later. These next two are from Ronan Sports Talk. He says, Boyan for Christian Wood plus a first-round pick in a sign-and-trade. I'll just say with Christian Wood, I know he's talented. I know he's a really good basketball player. There's still a reason he hasn't been signed by anybody. I definitely wouldn't trade for Christian Wood. You probably could talk me into signing him, even though I probably would lean away from it. And then I, I like, man, Ronan went big. He said, Boyan and Marvin Bagley III for Carl Anthony Towns. Again, big-time talent. He's a floor-spacing big. I think Amaria would take way more than this to get Carl Anthony Towns. And you're talking about big contracts. His contract's going into the 50 and $60 million a year range. I'm just not prepared to do that for pretty much anybody with where this roster's at right now. No, looking at that first deal, Boyan for Christian Wood and a first-round pick, uh, Pistons aren't... I mean, I don't know... I don't think the Pistons would get a first-round pick in that. Like, There's just no real reason for Dallas to... Uh, I don't even know if they have a first they could give up after the yeah. Kyrie deal, uh, honestly. But, you know, I think for them, it just doesn't make much sense to put a first-round pick for a guy that they could just not bring back, right? Uh, you know, so... And then for the Pistons, I mean, you know, they've had Christian Wood. Obviously, that was a different regime, uh, different coach. But uh, just the intel on him just throughout his career hasn't been that great. And just everything the Pistons talk about with character, uh, you know, maybe that exits him out, but... Uh, hey, I mean, you know, if you're just taking a fire on the guy, uh, maybe that makes more sense. And then the second one, Boyan, are back to the third for Cat. Yeah, if I'm Minnesota, it's just there's just no way that I would do that. Uh, like I would be. Carlton Towns is still a great basketball player. He hasn't had any playoff success. Of course, he was hurt last year, but uh, you know, I'm looking at that that deal. If I'm going to look the best player, I've, I've got to at least get some draft capital for that. When the Pistons can't trade a pick until I believe 2029, so. 
Uh, I would just need a little bit more. Well, I need a lot more, <laughs> to be honest, if I were Minnesota. All right, this is from Judah, and he says, Marvin Bagley at third, plus Joe Harris to the Bulls, Lonzo Ball, Pat Williams, and a protected first-round pick to the Pistons. I don't think you're getting Pat Will and a protected first-round pick, but maybe in the season, maybe this somehow happens. Maybe they eventually want to get off Lonzo. I don't know what exactly is going on with Lonzo's contract. I know he has two years left at $20 million with a player option. I don't know how it works with the injury stuff. I really like the idea of getting Pat Williams, I guess is what I'll say about this one, Omari. Spot-up player, shot really good on catch-and-shoot three-pointers this past year. Hasn't really been this do-it-all guy that he was supposed to be coming in. I don't think you're getting Pat Will for Marvin Bagley III and Joe Harris, but if you could arrange some sort of trade to get him, even if you had to take Lonzo Ball's contract back, I would be interested in that in general. Yeah, I mean, Pat Will makes a lot of sense for the Pistons. I look at just the value on both sides. And the Bulls are giving up way too much. I mean, Lonzo, there's no telling where he's at. As far as just being able to play basketball, of course, his injury situation is horrifying. You know, it's impossible to say if the Bulls will look to get off of that contract or if they'll just write it out or get some sort of medical exception or what, right? I mean, no, there's not too many examples of young players uh, having the, the type of injury issues that Lonzo has had. But uh, Pat Will has had, uh, I mean, he's had some. He's he's been solid. I mean, he's been solid defensively. He shot the ball well. Uh, if you're the, the Pistons, I think if the Bulls are trying to get off of that Lonzo Ball contract, and including Pat Will, like that's like as good as it gets. You're probably not going to get a first round pick along with that. And then for the Bulls, you know, I assume it's just more of a salary thing because Joe Harris, of course, is an expiring. But Marvin Bagley has another year on his deal, so. I feel like Chicago probably just doesn't do that. Uh, I mean, for the Pistons, it probably makes more sense. But for Chicago, they're probably just giving up a lot, not getting that much back. All right, this is from Chubbs, who was at the live show. So shout out, Chubbs, who came out to Hopcat and watched live with us and interacted, asked some questions. We got to hang out with him. So shout out, Chubbs. I know you've been a big supporter for a while. We appreciate you. He says, Marvin Bagley III and Joe Harris to the Celtics, Al Horford to the Pistons. I think he said, bring Al Horford home. I didn't know Al Horford went to high school in Michigan. So Mm -hmm. that was something I learned from this one. Again, I don't think this is enough for the Celtics to make this happen. I would love Al Horford. He's on an incredible contract, $10 million essentially for the next two years. He's essentially just a spot-up player, but he's really good at it. I just don't think that gets it done. But yeah, I mean, if you could get Al Horford, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, we know what Al Horford brings. Obviously, one of the better uh, defensive bigs in the NBA, one of the better passers, and one of the better shooters. So he would greatly raise the floor for this team. Of course, just being a really good vet to have in the locker room as well. Uh, So I like that a lot for the Pistons. I think for the Celtics, uh, obviously Joe Harris, uh, you know, is a a, a really good shooter. Um, you know, with Bagley, you're just not getting uh, just not only not only the shooting that Horford gives you, but that that playoff savvy as well. Uh, so, I mean, for the Pistons, absolutely. Uh, for the Celtics, they're they probably look at it and say probably need a little bit more for that. All right, this is from Mr. Jiggles. He says, Boyan and Stu to the Knicks for Julius Randle. This one kind of caught my eye just enough because I actually think the value is decent, Amari. And I'll just say, Julius Randle's three more years on his contract in the mid to upper 20s. He's almost 29 years old. I wouldn't do it, but I thought about it because I do like Julius Randle, but I'm not sure he necessarily fits the roster extremely well. But I thought out of a lot of the trades we got, Amari, I thought the value on this one was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like Julius Randle as a player. And I think, especially with the new CBA, I think his contract is like yes. completely fine. Like he's probably yes. underpaid now but for a guy who got some MVP attention not too long ago. And it's very firmly one of the better power forwards in the NBA. 
I think for New York, uh, Boyan and, and Stu are two good players, obviously, but you're trading a, a guy who is more like star level, you know, essentially for two uh, more role player level guys. So for New York, I guess I'm trying to wrap my mind around like what incentive they would have to make the deal. Uh, if it's just, you know, maybe we just like... I think Wes was... Wes had- like RJ Barrett maybe had blown up at this point, yeah. you know, by the trade deadline, and you just didn't feel like you needed whatever Julius Randle is at this point in his career, a number two or whatever. And so it's like, hey, we can go get a couple, you know, boy on a number three, number four, stew a third big. And those guys make more sense because we have the stars at the top. Yeah, I think the Pistons would have to include a first for that to get across the finish line, like at, at the very least. Of course, some other stuff that have to happen for the Knicks to consider trading Randall. Uh, he did have a bounce-back season last year, so they set up to do that probably isn't that strong. But I think if the Pistons, you got to include some draft capital to sweeten the pot for New York. I, I did have an interesting, fun time talking, you know, Asar, Julius Randall, Duran. I think, you know, does Randall space the floor just enough? And then Asar and Duran can insulate him defensively. I still didn't love it. I, again, I like him as a player, but, you know, is that a move you want to make at that point? But I, I thought it was interesting. It was, it was fun to, you know, kind of think about that one. This one is from V Prasad. He says, Kuzma to the Pistons, Hayes, Wiseman, a second round, two second round picks to the Wizards. Kuzma's contract, really interesting. 28-year-old, decreasing contract. It actually gets below $20 million in the final year, Amari. Over 80% of his minutes have been over at the four the last two years. He's had good numbers, um, more play types as a pick-and-roll handler than what I would like, but he can knock down unguarded catch-and-shoot threes. Just He is an interesting player. I know not everybody thinks he's a winning player, but he's an interesting player. I think so. I know Monte Morris would love having this uh, fellow Flint native and uh, buddy here in D- Detroit. For the Wizards, that's just a, a salary dump. Hayes, Wiseman, uh, both extension eligible, both set to enter restricted free agency next year. Um, that trade couldn't get done. I think it's similar to Jeremy, but they have to wait until after December uh, to do that trade. So maybe the Wizards are just going to fully embrace a rebuild and they say, okay, we can get two seconds for Kuzma, uh, you know, give Hayes and Wiseman some minutes to see if there's anything there. And if not, then obviously just part ways and uh, just take that cap space next summer. So uh, that's a solid trade. I mean, a lot of it comes down to the Wizards and their priorities and what they want to do cap-wise next season. Um, and also how Kuzma plays as well, although at this point we know who he is as a player. Uh, you know, I think it's fine. Uh, you know, I think for Detroit, you know, to essentially turn Hayes and, and, and Wiseman into Kuzma is just to say we're speeding this up, right? Like, you know, we can't sit here and develop guys all season. So we're just going to get a guy who can come in and play and help make this playoff push. So uh, I'm curious to see if that's the type of deal they'll look to do at the uh, deadline, uh, depending on where they are record-wise, the distance that is. We got to get through the rest of these. These are the ones I say are just kind of random or spicy or just interesting in general. So we'll try to give some quick thoughts on these so we can get to Sheet or Sham. This first one is Zion to the Pistons, Boyan and three first-round picks to the Pelicans. This is from DRob0012. And I'll just say real quick, the only way this could happen in terms of three first-round picks from Detroit, they'd have to remove the protections on the pick to the Knicks that they currently owe and essentially just say, hey, we'll give you that in 2024. And then maybe they could do 26, 28, and 30. But as it stands right now, the only first-round pick the Pistons can trade is 2029 or 2030. And trying to decipher their second-round pick situation is a 
absolute nightmare. I'll just say real quick on Zion specifically, I would have to have incredible, impeccable medical information to just even start to think about this. I, I buy the talent. I got to know the medicals. And if I can't be 100% on those, I don't care what it would take, essentially. Yeah, even if the Pistons had three first-round picks to trade, like I would probably pause on doing that. I would, again, it would come down to the medicals. Uh, you know, of course, Zion with the lower body injuries, uh, it's not a good track record for the players his size having those types of injuries very early into his career. So that's the type of trade that could backfire really horrendously for Detroit. Obviously, if Zion can't play, you're basically repeating the Blake Griffin trade all over again and hamstringing yourself. So, yeah, I would have to see the medicals on that one for sure. And it's sort of a, uh, it's like Zion, like the value for him is weird, right? Because everybody wants to see if he could play. And if he comes back and he dominates next season, then of course you would never think of trading him to begin with. You're just going to keep him, yeah. So I don't know if he's even a tradable player unless some team gets really, really desperate and just says, this is our only chance at a star, so let's just do it. What you do is you just say, no, we're rolling in the lottery right here. Like, we're yeah. taking a lottery ticket and we're going for it, and it's completely boomer bust. We got a couple about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, NBA trade season and Resball Pod, which is Steve, shout out Steve, always supports and has his own stuff that he's doing really big time. Um, and they're essentially trades with the Thunder. And I just wanted to touch on these ones real quick because the Thunder have like 20 or 21 players on their roster, which is fine for right now, but eventually that has to get down to 15. The Pistons are number one on the waiver. So my thought with anything that involves a Thunder player is I'm just going to wait in for them to cut or waive a player and then I'll pick that player up. Now, Steve's did involve maybe getting a first round pick as well, which we know the Thunder have plenty of. So that makes sense to me. But, you know, there are some enticing players they may get rid of. Poku, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Aaron Wiggins. There's some that Trey Mann. But I think I'll just wait and take my pick of the litter. And maybe this is why Troy Weaver only has 14 guys on the Pistons roster right now. Yeah, I mean, if I could get Trey Mann, uh, I've been a Trey Mann fan since he was drafted a couple of years ago. So, you know, I would definitely listen to that. Uh, NBA trade season, we have Marvin Bagley the third, plus Killian Hayes to the Thunder for Davis Bertans. Uh, Poku and Trey Mann coming back to Detroit. Um, I mean, I think for Detroit, that's good value. Um, you know, Bertans obviously spaces the floor for you. Uh, Poku, we don't know what he is yet. Uh, you know, he's putting on weight, they say. And, uh, you know, I just talked about Trey Mann. Uh, you know, and then Bagley and Hayes for Detroit. That's basically just saying, these guys are in our future plans. We can just take a flyer into every young guys and then have something that addresses our need for power forward. But as you said, for OKC or even for the Pistons, really, do you necessarily need to make that trade? It would have to be a, we really want Davis Bird signs. So we're just going to do this now and not wait for the waiver wire, uh, which, you know, makes some sense. Uh, so I think that's probably for me, Trace, then a trade for bird times or maybe they value Poku that highly. I mean, I don't know, but I think it would have to be, we value one of those two guys enough that we're not going to wait for the waiver wire. We're just going to go ahead and get this done now. This was a really interesting one from Greg and essentially the trade, there's some other things that happen here, but essentially the trade is Jay Nivey to the Timberwolves for Jaden McDaniels of the Timberwolves. So you're essentially swapping out Jay Nivey for Jaden McDaniels. And so I thought this, there is other stuff that's coming. Poku, Garuba, the Thunder are involved. There's some second round picks. But the core of the trade, 
you're sending Jaden Ivey out and you're bringing Jaden McDaniels in. And I'll just say, again, I was listening to a podcast. They were talking about Jaden McDaniels getting four years, $120 million. Obviously a big time defender. Offensively, he's gotten a little better every year. Shot the ball extremely well from three point this last season, I think on low volume. I don't think I'm ready to give up on Jaden Ivey at this point. And my other thing is, hopefully you have someone in the similar mold with the Sar Thompson. So I'm not discounting how good Jaden McDaniels is, but I don't think this is something I'd particularly be interested in. Yeah, I actually think Minnesota probably says no, uh, just because Ivy, of course, overlaps pretty significantly with Anthony Edwards. Sure. Um, and then on, on top of that, Jaden McDaniels is just, I mean, just have a, a toolsy three who can give you that defensively. It's just incredibly valuable. And then, of course, for the Pistons, I mean, to trade Jaden after his rookie year, uh, you know, you risk, you know, trading a future star. Uh, which could come back to bite you as well. And not that Jaden McDaniels can't get there, but he probably will be more of like that kind of toolsy elite role player than like a star guy. Uh, you know, but we'll see. We, you know, we'll see. He's still young, probably like 21, right? So there's no telling what he could become in three, four years. I feel like that's one of those trades where both teams probably say no, because that could easily backfire one way or another for both teams. So they'd rather just keep the guys that they have. But that's an interesting idea because I do think McDaniels will be really good for this Pistons team. 23-24 Pistons Casey Thomas on Twitter says, Tyler Hero to the Pistons, Boyan and Hayes to the Heat. I would just say, I think the only reason the Heat moved Tyler Hero is because to facilitate the Damian Lillard trade. And I don't know that Boyan and Hayes help facilitate the Damian Lillard trade because I don't think the Blazers are interested in either of those guys. So um, I, I like Tyler Hero. I don't know how exactly he would fit with the Pistons. I don't think that's something Miami does in this case just because the only reason they're trading Hero, again, is to make the Portland trade happen. Yeah, if I'm Miami, I think Tyler Hero's contract is like perfectly fine uh, just for how well he shot and scored the ball uh, last season. And I think him missing uh, some of those key playoff games probably cooled the national opinion on him as a player. But you look at his numbers, and he's really, really good. I mean, if you're the Pistons, you know, that's probably... I'm, I, that's that's a good trade for Detroit. I like that a lot. But for Miami, yeah, you uh, Hero arguably is the best player in the deal when you also account for age. And anytime you have the best player in a, a, a deal, you just have to get some sort of draft capital back to even it out, which the Pistons probably shouldn't give a first-round pick for Tyler Hero. So that's probably one that both teams probably are cool on. All right, I got two more that we're going to talk about. First, we got to talk about Wes's guy, Denny Avia. Kyle Metz put this one together just for Wes. So Denny Avia to the Pistons, James Wiseman and Killian Hayes to the Wizards. I'm going to say yes, 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 just because Wes is my guy and to make him smile. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Pistons, that's that's probably a yes. Uh, Denny Avia can play the four, uh, good passer. Uh, I think his shooting has improved even, so just a really good all-around uh, forward. Uh, he can really, really pass the ball. Like He's one of the better playmaking fours in the NBA, I think. Uh, for the Wizards, uh, you know, you're getting James Wiseman and Killian Hayes, who I think both are less proven than Avia at this point. Uh, they probably need some sort of sweetener to make that happen, but they probably look at that trade and just say, I think we're okay. So sorry, West. Sorry, Wes. Last one. This is from Age of Krabnos and NBA Mock Trades. And essentially both are trading Ben Simmons to the Detroit Pistons. I just want to give NBA Mock Trades a shout out. His was part of a bigger deal that involved 13 players, six picks, four teams, gets Damian Lillard to the Heat, Tyler Hero to the Blazers. I mean, he put a lot, he or she put a lot of time into that. Ben Simmons, 27 years old, two more years on his deal at 38 and 40 million. I'll just say this. I was really 
a Ben Simmons fan when things were going well for him. I think he was a really good player, Omari. Like, you just got to figure out whether he's ever going to play basketball again and if it's ever going to be even close to the level we saw. If there is, then some of this stuff makes sense. If he's not, then it's kind of like the Zion thing. And the only way you know that is Intel and those type of things. Like, we just don't know. Yeah, I would not trade for Ben Simmons. I mean, if we're getting a 2025 first-round pick, maybe that makes it a lot easier. Oh, yeah, yeah. there you go. You know, the Ben Simmons decides to, you know, play basketball again and be available. And then, uh, you know, you're getting, obviously, one of the better forwards in the NBA, uh, you know, for Boyan, Bagley, and Killian. Uh, so to get a first-round pick out of that, too, uh, probably sweetens the pot a lot for Detroit. But it's just, do you want to eat, potentially eat that salary from Ben Simmons when he'll be on the books for uh, $48 million, 38 and 40 over the next two years? Is that worth a first-round pick from a Nets team that honestly feel one way or another over the next two years? I am not sure. But that's an interesting idea. But of course, it's like Zion, where a lot of it just comes down to uh, which Ben Simmons are you getting, right? Are you getting a Ben Simmons who's engaged and will lift this team defensively and from a playmaking standpoint? Or are you going to get a Ben Simmons who doesn't show up to camp? So uh, tough to say. I don't know if I would eat that much salary or risk eating that much salary for one first round pick. All right, we got to go to a short break. When we come back, Wes is going to join us. We're going to play a live game of Sheed or Sham. So if you're watching right now in YouTube, get yourselves ready. But I want to give a few shout outs. Camille, I know you're here. I'm sorry, man, that we didn't get to your trade. We appreciate your support so much, but wanted to give you a shout out. We missed one from K1. We missed one from Sam Lynn. And then we had some questions from Ian and then Joel Feldman as well. You guys just asked some general questions. We may get to those in a later episode. And if we missed anybody else anywhere, we apologize. Like you said, we had, you know, there's 30 different submissions on Twitter. We tried to get them all in here, but wanted to at least make sure we shouted everybody out. We appreciate you guys so much helping us out with this episode. So thank you. When we come back from this short break, Amari is going to introduce Wes and we're going to have some fun playing Cheater Sham. All right. We are back with segment three. Hi, Wes. Hey, guys. How are we doing? I mean, I'm here all the time, but hello. Is, is this the first time you've been on a live at all? I think this is. Yeah, I think this is actually the first for the YouTube uh, streams. Wow. We got to wow. fix that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a major mistake on Amari yeah. and I's fault. Mostly Amari's, not mine, but... It's, it's mostly Bryce's fault. <laughs> Wes, you know, we have a part, like, we know we have a connection, we have a partnership. So, Wes, Wes, we're excited for this game of shooting or a sham. Please remind, please remind the people of the records so that they know the stakes going into this. Hold on, hold on. I got to give yeah. Shot, Sha- your guy Shot, man. He says, I swear Bryce always has a big... I got to stay hydrated. I'm getting... <laughs> old man when you get old when you get my age you understand dehydration just it gets you more and more so yes i have a very big cup here um and that way i don't have to get as many refills all good i was actually wondering too so anyway the housekeeping stuff we gotta give us all clear first so bryce you've got two wins omar you've got four obviously we know the rules right sheet is true sham is false but we got a little new twist since we're doing this live with the chat so you guys get one one time that you could kind of phone the chat so if you're not sure, and you only, again, you only get one of this per game, right? So if you're not sure, we can ask the comments and they can get you an answer. You could take it or not, but you could get help from the chat. So because of that, if both of you can get off of the comments tab in our 
uh, stream here, that would yeah. be great. It's, it's on private chat. Honor system. Mine but... is on private chat as well. So that way, if you're watching right now, you guys can play the whole time. Like right now, we still want you to give the answers. Wes has access to the chat. He can put your answers up on the screen and stuff like that after the fact or whatever. But if we phone the chat, then we'll go back and click on the comments. But mine is on private chat as well. Amari, keep your hands right where they're at. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, also... The last game when we played, you guys actually tied. So this first question here is going to do double time. All right. So the first question decides a victory, but also counts for this one. So who wants it first? I'll let you guys. I'll go first. Who, who wants to be asked first? All right. Bryce is going to you. So the last pair of twins to be drafted in the same draft were the Morris twins, Marcus and Markeith, Right. We talked about Marcus early in the episode. Both actually did eventually play for Detroit. The question is. Cheater Sham, Marcus Morris was drafted first and was prioritized by the Suns in their original contract negotiations. Sheed. I'm going to go Sham. It was Sheed. Or no, it was Sham. Sorry, I got it switched. I got it switched. Sorry. It was Sham. It was Markeith. Yeah, that's my bad. I read it wrong. Yeah, Markeith was drafted, I think, one pick ahead. They both ended up at the Suns, and Markeith ends up... uh, taking less money so that he could still play with his brother, if I'm remembering this all correctly. I will say, just real quick, just because those guys played at KU, I'm pretty sure every one of their tattoos are identical. Like, I know twins have a thing anyway. These two took it above and beyond. And I do think there's a story about them where one of them struggled without the other. Then they ended on the same team for a little bit. They played better. And both have had really good careers. But yeah, really interesting. That So you're sure I lost that, right? Of course you're sure. Yeah, I'm up 5-2. That's the record. And my hands are up. See, We're going to record in a gym someday so I can get some shots <laughs> up or something and just win at something. I I hate losing so much. All right, let's go. Next. All right, all right. Uh, Mario, this one's for you. So Sheed or Sham, Jaden Ivey and Asar Thompson are the only number five overall picks to be drafted by the Pistons. So in other words, this is from Basketball Reference, the Pistons have only picked fifth twice. I'm going to go Sheed. I'll go Sham on that. It was Sheed. Sorry. It's true. Somehow, I was shocked. I had to double check it. No number five picks ever? According to basketball reference. Now, the only twist here is that it was only their original picks. Uh, so it is possible that there was a trade somewhere in there to get a fifth overall pick that I've missed. But according to basketball reference, yeah, they've only originally picked fifth two times. And it was Ivy Nassar. Wait, am I already down 0-2? Did that first question count? It did. Yeah. This is good. You know, I knew that one only because, like, I had to. I think when it was like Cade, I was like going through like all their draft histories. Like last time they had a number one, last time they had this or that, and they haven't had as many lottery picks as you would expect. Like way more in recent years than like before, because you know, of course, you got the bad boys there, and then uh, they dabbled with the playoffs in the nineties, so there wasn't a lot. But it was a little bit of guesswork in that. But I was like, besides Ivy and Asar, like I couldn't think of anybody else who would even be. Even just like the amount of like top four picks they've had or like top five picks are like, it's not like a really big number. So next one up, I was excited about this one since I found it. So Bryce, this is going to you first. Former Piston, Jason Maxio. Chat, get ready. Chat, get ready. (laughs) So I only thought about him because obviously Woj noted he was the last Piston rookie. Well, not rookie, but to get the rookie scale extension, right? Uh, Before Stewart did. So here, here's the question. 
Max Seal, he, he was known. He blocked some shots. He was just kind of a hustle guy. Fans liked him. They liked him so much that they gave him the following nickname, the baby eater. All right. Definitely go into the chat on this. Every This isn't even a fair question because Wes knows I wasn't even a Pistons fan until 2020, the very end of 2020. It hasn't even been three years. This is sabotage. So why are people cheering for Omari being up 2-0? That's messed up. I just looked in the chat and my man DJ is... So I need some help. Come on, guys. Is this sheet or sham? Reread the question for the chat, Wes, and I'm going with whatever the chat tells me. So get, get me the answer, guys. Sheed or Sham, Jason Maxiel's nickname when he was with the Pistons, at least amongst fans, was the baby eater. They have to know. Somebody has to know this. And that's a really weird nickname. So if you just made this up and it's not true, we got to have a conversation after the episode. I'm not getting any answers. You're doing the psychoanalysis again. Yeah, well, Amari has me overthinking everything. Amari, (laughs) do you know the answer? Like you're sitting there very calm and relaxed, showing your hands, which I appreciate because we know that you might Google stuff. No, I'm never never Googling anything. (laughs) We we have a lot of waiting for the chat. I think that I think yeah, there's a little go, bit of a lag between. An I think there's a little bit of a lag between the YouTube and the the comments here yeah. on Streamyard. So yeah, l- we'll let Omari give his answer, and then I'll give mine as the chat answers come in. Wait, but you use the chat, so that means you have to go first. You can't look at it anyway. I mean, I'm going to give my answer based on the chat, regardless. All right, we're getting some in now. I'm going to say Sham based off the three that have come in so far. Apollo says baby shack more like it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say, she- oh, now there's a bunch of sheets coming in. Shad says, Shad is, Shad is, I don't trust Shad. Shad is, that's Omari's boy. And so he's, he's trying to cheat me. I'm going to say, I'm going to stay with Sham. All right, Omari, what's your answer? Oh, like I'm trying to think. Like I've watched the Pistons. You've had plenty then. of time to think. What have you been doing? I'm still thinking. I'm still trying to process this answer. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched probably all of Jason Maxwell's games. Uh, if he was called the baby eater, it definitely didn't stick. But, um, you know, George and uh, Greg have bounced <laughs> nicknames around sometimes. I just didn't stick. I remember there was like a week where they were This calling. was a fan nickname, was to fan be clear. Nickname. This was okay. not George and Greg. This okay. was a fan. Okay, because I was going to say, there was like a week during Andre Drummond's rookie season where they were calling him Springs, and it just didn't quite catch. Uh, so I was like, maybe Jason Maxfield is in that same category. But I'm going to say, Bryce, you said Sham. I did. I'm just going to go Sheet just to mix it up. But I, I honestly don't know the answer to this. I'm just going to say Sheet. So somehow it is Sheet. This is true. I don't, I don't know why. You can, you can look it up. It's actually in Basketball Reference, too. And there's an old DVP article mentioning the nickname uh, as, after he left and went on to play for another team. So I don't know why it was a thing, but apparently he would block a shot, and then the only way fans could describe it was that he just ate a baby, and that's how he became the baby eater. I'm doing the Birdman hair up. Jason Maxiel. 3 Hey, speaking of Birdman, speaking of Birdman, Amari, one, I know we've told this story, but last year at Vegas, we rode the elevator with him. Remember that? We were trying yeah, to find <laughs> the yeah. Pistons practice facility and we ended up in an elevator with Birdman and what must have been his manager or guy or whatever. They agent, kind of, somebody, yeah. Agent, somebody like that. I don't think we, he is a large individual. I'll say that. But did you see the recent video of him working out? I think it was with the big three or something. 
but he had like full head of hair. And I mean, he's like knocking down jumpers and stuff. I just, Early. it made me think about like, these guys are so skilled for a guy who was just a hustle guy, work hard guy. There's still some skill to them as well. Sorry. I know it got off on a tangent there, but I'll never forget just, you know, he was having some interesting conversations in that, in that elevator. So yeah, it was funny. Cause I didn't even notice it was Birdman at first. And then I looked and it was just, I mean, of course he's the only person who looks like him. So I was like, yeah, it's Birdman. All right, you're getting some love, Wes. Great question. I got to get out of the comments now because I can't cheat anymore, even though you guys didn't, didn't help me out. So we'll keep the game. Is there any way I can come back? Like, how can we distort the game so I have a chance here? We only have like three minutes left in the episode. If you get four in a row, because there are exactly four left, you could do it. You could pull it off. Yeah, but he has to miss all of them. Okay, whatever. Let's go. We got We got Yeah, he won, but still. All right, here we go. So, uh, Mario, you first, next one here. This one... <laughs> This is, this one's kind of an obscure one, at least I thought. But the Pistons as the a team... The last one wasn't obscure enough? Nah, nah, that one, all the fans knew. Uh, Except for the ones watching The Pistons right as a team played more minutes in 2021-2022 than they did last season. Sheet or Sham. They played more minutes more in 2021-22. Uh, I'm going to go... No, Sam. I'm going to go Sam. I have to go Sheed. Like, I feel like I have no choice at this point, so... It was sham. Okay. They must have played more overtime. So they played 25 more last year than that prior season. See, so it must have just been more overtime games or something. My mind immediately went, I think they wanted to triple OT with the Spurs. Like it was like the last game before uh, All Star weekend or something like that. I just remember, I don't, why did that game go into three OTs? Like that was not a, that was that game not these three overtimes. I just remembered that and I was like, that alone might have been the difference because I How think How do you they, remember this stuff? You don't even know what day of the week it is right now, but I Googled so, so, so selective memory. I remember stuff that matters. The day of the week doesn't matter in the grand scheme, but <laughs> stuff like that matters to my job. I'll remember that yeah. whenever you don't... February 10th, 2023, Spurs 131, Pistons 138. Definitely yeah. some sort of overtime game. Yeah, so, I, I think just, it was uh, two overtimes, so... It was two? Okay. Anyway, I was just I just remember being frustrated by some of the overtimes last year. And two years ago I didn't remember that as much. So that was more of a vibes answer there. Whatever. Next question. All right. Well, he's officially won the game, but we'll get through the rest. Uh Bryce, this one's for you. Monte Morris has never had an offensive rating lower than one hundred and twenty in his career. She just because I want it to be true. I feel like he had a year that was like one nineteen or one eighteen. I'm gonna go Sam. <laughs> Guaranteed he had a year where it was 119.8. Guaranteed. It's actually 118. It is sham. That's right. Let's go. You still nailed that. I'm running the table today. Let's go. You need to go back today. to Vegas, bro. Let's and, go. And... I do. All right. Put me out of my misery with the next two so I can embarrass <laughs> myself a little more. That was impressive. All right. Uh, oh, Larry. Sheet or sham, the last time Joe Harris shot less than 40% from three was seven years ago. Seven seasons ago. She. I thought it was Sheed too. I guess the game's over anyway, so I'll just stick with my original answer. I'll say Sheed. Yeah, it, it was Sheed. It was 2016, and it was 38 and a half percent. That was that was his under 40 week. season. It's crazy. That that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like I know we don't we've talked about it. We don't have to get into it again. But I just I find it hard to believe that this dude ain't going to come in and knock down shots at a high rate for the Pistons. And I find it hard to believe that's not something that they could use. 
at least in some way at some time. So even in a down year last year, he shot like 42, 43%. I mean, a guy who shoots that well, and then he's had a whole offseason to get himself back right. I mean, he could surprise people next year. Like you look at the roster construction and it's like, okay, maybe he doesn't, if he doesn't crack the rotation, it's not like the worst thing, but a player who can shoot like him, like he's going to force the issue some nights. Absolutely. All right, we got one more, Wes. Yes, sir. Last one. Who did I ask that last one to? Me. So yeah. I think first. it's first. Uh, no, Bryce, this one's going yeah. to you. Yeah. Cheetor Sham, Marcus Sasser averaged more steals per game his junior year, not last year, his junior year, than Asar Thompson did last year. Sham. Just going to go feed. I don't know if I'm going to go, uh, however many questions it is. I want to go perfect, but I have to take, pick the opposite of Bryce. So I'm just going to go feed. It was Sham. Okay. Yes. So you didn't right. perfect. Yes. Right. It was yes. close though. So Sasser yeah. that year was 2.2, Asar last year 2.4. Yeah, like, my, but I was my, surprised at how close it was. Yeah, like Asar's steal numbers were just like crazy last year. So I was like, Sasser to do that in college and just be like insane. So my gut said Sham, but my desire to pick the opposite of Bryce was shoot. So. <laughs> you were that close to running the table. Yeah, that you close. just should have stayed with it. All that right, close. man. You didn't even need the chat. Didn't even I, need to chat. Didn't didn't even didn't need to even, you didn't even use it. We'll have to open the YouTube uh, stream the next time we do that because those come in a little faster. And we're here on StreamYard. We're just a little bit lagged as those come in. But we appreciate... Hopefully, you guys had fun with that. Wes, glad we finally got you on here. Obviously, we'll do this some more over the rest of the summer. If you guys haven't been, Wes and Jack Kelly doing big things on the DBB Live, Detroit Bad Boys Live YouTube, talking Pistons, usually every Thursday. Sometimes the schedule changes a little bit. But tune in with those guys. Wes, thank you, man. You guys have no idea what this man does for Omari and I and keep the Pistons Pulse going. Wes is the GOAT, and we're going to have him. We're like peak offseason now, so we're going to devise more ways to bring Wes into the fold over the next two weeks, I promise you it will happen. Uh, so thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we got a ton of great trade ideas today. So thank you again to everybody who sent one. Uh, I I believe I am 6-0, uh, 6-2 in Sheeter Sham now. Uh, not every day you can get two dubs. So today's doubleheader got both. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, shout out to my seventh grade science school teacher. I've been pretty good at trivia ever since. Mr. Evans, shout out to you. Thank you for today's wins. Get to the outro. Get to the outro. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I will close this out. Uh, big thanks to our audio producer, Robin Chan, our executive producer, Anjanette Delgado, and our sports editor, Kirkman Crawford. And big shout out to Wes, as always. We'll talk to you all next week. Mm-hmm.